Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman and Gerald Borgay. Gentlemen, how you doing today? You know why I'm wearing this hat? Because fuck Robert Ori. That's why. Oh, man. Shots <laughs> off the top. <laughs> that U of A uh, hat not looking great. Oh, it's always looking great, baby. Look at this sweet thing. Classic. Let's go. Saul, have you learned nothing from the last 24 hours? You have learned everything. be blamed for every I have, reason I have that learned, we don't have a championship in this state. I, I have learned that the entire college sports community is envious of the University of Arizona is all I took away from that conversation. Is that what we took from it? That's all I took away from it, guys. How does your I'm, brain work to get to that from yesterday? Because red and blue always looks good on me, so I'm always going to rep it. Let's go. Man, I'm I'm immensely jealous of always making the Elite Eight and never a step further. That's- it's always further than ASU. You can never talk uh, basketball with us, Gerald. Uh, At least we've won a national championship in the last 25 years. Well, let's talk football then. We can talk football. Yeah. yeah. How many national championships have you guys won? Oh, How many have right. you won? No. That's right. Come on now. That's right. So we got some news today from Adrian Wojnarowski. He tweeted out that. I know that was a mouthful. (laughs) The Raptors 905 G League head coach Patrick Matumbo is joining the Phoenix Suns as an assistant coach. Uh, Matumbo had previously served as an assistant with Toronto and Denver. Now it's not like a groundbreaking crazy trade but it still moves are being made what do you guys make of this one let's reserve the buses get the champagne ready championship coming up no is that not okay uh, i mean it's it just a move it it's, another, it's another guy uh you know he's got a lot of experience he's played at a lot of different levels uh fellow uh fellow metro state alum there you go well not fellow, oh. but former metro state alum mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah he's uh I got. He's, he's well known for his player development stuff. You look at the guys that the Toronto Raptors have been able to churn out over the last few years with the guys that they've drafted and have risen to a prominent role on that team. So that's a good sign for the Suns. Um, no relation to Dikembe Mutombo for anybody who was wondering because you see that name, you automatically assume. Um, but no relation there. He's got a good amount of coaching experience at various different levels. So um, hopefully we'll be able to 
hear from him here in the near future once they make that move official. Uh, but for now, it's just a report from Woj. So. I'm, I'm anxious to see what his expertise is. You know, I don't know too much about him, but you know, is he is he more of like uh, a guy that can develop wings, guards, or is he a guy that's more the the front court type of dudes? And um, you know, it would be sad and tragic if we got rid of the TA and then we got somebody who is proficient <laughs> at excelling at front court help. <laughs> that would be rough. We'll, we'll we'll dive more into him as soon as the Suns are able to make this official news. But I think he's done a good job. You look at Fred Van Vliet, OG, Ananobi, uh, Pascal Siakam, just kind of guys across the board that he's been able to help with their development. So hopefully he'll be able to do some of that here with the Suns, no matter what happens with DA. Obviously, it'd be better if DA was still here, though. Yeah, I mean, I do like the player development side of things because that was something we did touch on a little bit over the season was how are the Suns utilizing, you know, building up their players? How are they developing them more? Having a coach with an area of expertise in that is is going to be really beneficial down the line for this team because we've got a lot of guys who are in that like middle ground area, right? Like they're starting to really come into their own, but they could still use a couple steps forward. So. We'll see how that all kind of shapes out. Couple guys. We got a whole roster full outside of Devin Booker and Chris Paul that need help. Like, (laughs) do you look at Mikael Bridges? He needs help developing his offensive skill set to a point where he can feel comfortable taking over when the other two are are inefficient. You know, Cam Johnson, same way. Um, You know, campaign, who knows? You know, maybe he can turn it around with this guy in the fold. So there's just, I mean, you can go from top to bottom of this roster. Everybody needs help. If you don't win a championship, Everybody needs help. Fair, fair. We also got some really exciting news just a few minutes before this show started. Saul let us know that he talked to his people over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and it looks like they're going to get us odds for the DeAndre in situation that's happening right now. Um, Odds for which team he may end up with next season. So that's something that you guys should keep an eye out on, and we'll let you know when that goes live. But Saul, so that's great news. Look at you. Less than 24 hours later, getting things done. Uh, it's, it's kind of my job. <laughs> <laughs> look at you doing your job. <laughs> look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Look Showing up every day at 2 o'clock and doing my work. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> um, if you guys, when we see these odds, I'm just curious, like, what, what are you kind of leaning towards right now? Until you see the actual odds, where are you going to put your money? Is it just the Suns? Well, I, I will say this. I've seen some other places that have had the same kind of structure. Um, and believe it or not, the Suns are not are not the favorite to keep them. Um, there's uh, some some other teams that are that are front runners. And um, I don't know. I I feel like it's a 50 50 shot and I feel like you're splitting that 50 with several other teams. So I like the Suns odds still because they have all the control and the power on this. They don't have anything that comes across their table. They're going to keep them. I I just, why would you just let them walk out the door for free? I just, I can't wrap my head around that. So they wouldn't even let um, Jalen Smith walk out the door for free. You know what I mean? Like they got something in return for him. Uh, I can't imagine you would just waste a first round pick uh, on essentially nothing after four years. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably put the Suns at the top. It's not as high. Like the odds are not as, uh, I don't know, superior to the other teams as I would have put them even a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, I'd probably have Suns at the top, probably, you know, Hawks in that mix, Spurs near the top of that list as well. Pistons. 
yeah, Pistons, those would probably be the teams that I'd put in there. And uh, yeah, I agree with Saul. They're not going to let him walk for nothing. But if if the Suns are really are okay with changing things up and, and doing a sign and trade, then that's when things really get interesting. I also want to say this because I feel like I've been pretty hard on the Suns about DA and, and him being the option. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like, it, it, and it doesn't necessarily need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. DA also has a large part in, in how this goes. And I feel like there's a, a little bit of, um, I understand that he sacrificed for the team and mm-hmm. I understand that's how he feels, but I also feel like he needs to understand that uh, he didn't live up to, to the massive, you know, expectations that were out there for him. Now, whether that's fair or not is debatable, but in terms of his consistency, I think he he fell short of those expectations. You know what I mean? And and especially when you see guys like Trey Young and um, Luka Doncic doing what they're doing, uh, you, you got to come close. You don't have to be those guys, but you got to come close. And I think those two guys are far more consistent and deserving of those contracts more than than Da was at this point in time. So I definitely feel like Da needs to to sw- swallow a little humility. And and I will also say this, and I don't know. I'm wearing this hat and it's ironic that I'm wearing this hat and now I'm about to bag on my school, but um, there is a history of guys coming from the university of Arizona and just absolutely smelling their own farts way greater than they should. And I've been on the record saying multiple times, like, dude, you need to have better conversations with people that are more qualified than your, your buddies down the street or the guys that you grew up with who are absolutely hyping you up. You know, I, I know DA's got a crew around him and he's had the same kind of crew that he's had around him since day one. And I'm and I'm talking about like the first day I went to media day with with DA and his publicist and all these people around him. And it was like Jesus just walked through the door. And I was like, bro, like like we're not there yet, right? We're not there yet. Like Michael Jordan didn't just walk through this room, right? Like, and so I feel like the advice that some of these guys get is far surpassed what their actual abilities and productivity has been. And I feel like DA needs a little bit of humility when it comes to that in order to understand what his true value is to this organization and really the future of his career. Because if he goes to Detroit, if he goes to Indiana, if he goes to one of these bum-ass places, Siberia basically, <laughs> you you might be ruining your career. Because mm-hmm. now the, the entire weight of that franchise is on your shoulders and can you carry it? Probably not, not, not off of what we've seen so far. So, you know, yeah, no, and I I can't speak to the U of A aspect of it all, obviously, but I do agree with you as far as, you know, we've talked a lot about how, you know, people mentioned the Suns are holding Aiton back or they're restricting him on offense or all these things. But a lot of the things that they've done have pertained to what he's best at and help make him be more effective at this point in his career. He's an elite finisher of plays, but not a creator or an instigator of them. And if you go to Detroit, if you go to Indiana, like, yes, you'll have Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. Yes, you'll have Cade Cunningham. But those guys are not the facilitators that Chris Paul or Devin Booker are. Like, you're going to be expected to create your own offense, to make plays off the dribble. And maybe he shows things that he's only shown glimpses of here. But I guarantee you it's not going to be on the absurd efficiency that he has right now. And it's not going to be for a winning team that's winning 64 games and went to the finals a year ago. So I think people do need to bear that in mind. It's not that the Suns don't understand DA's value. 
or that we don't understand his value. It's that as of right now, he has tangible areas where if he wants to be a certified max player, he needs to improve and he needs to grow in those areas. Well, you know, it's, oh, go ahead. Do you have something? Please? I was just going to say, so what I'm gathering from this conversation here is that U of A is to blame, right? <laughs> I mean, that, well, that's when, what when, I took from this whole when, thing. When ASU barely has any prospects to talk about, of course it's always going to be U of A because we have too many you, to choose from. You're like, the one entire, who said like, it. The NBA Finals is like, it's like U of A Central, baby. Like, come on now. Like, first of all, let, let me go back to what, let me go back to what Gerald said. Let me go back to what Gerald said real quick, okay? When we talk about the system, we've had four years of being able to watch DA in this system. And I... I have been a proponent of the fact that the Suns are – they've based their entire offense predicated on Devin Booker and CP3 as opposed to around DeAndre Aiden, and rightfully so. Um, but I think that the opportunities that we have seen in the last four years where DA has the potential to be able to do something either off the dribble or just be more assertive offensively, um, I think we haven't seen enough of that. You know, I've never seen DA just be like – you know, he gets double teamed, but he's like, man, fuck that. And he just goes and he still dominates. Right. We haven't seen that too many times. We've seen him be able to excel in key positions and, and really he's maximized the opportunities that I think have been created for himself, uh, for, for him by others. I think he has done that. But in terms of creating on his own, specifically creating on his own, I don't care if he gets the ball five times or if he gets the ball 15, I don't think that he has done enough to warrant a max contract the way he thinks he has. Now, does he deserve to get one? Uh, we'll see. But I, I, I don't think that in those situations you can sit there and be like, oh, yeah, he's a dominant player. You, you can't. It, it's, you know, 16 and, and 11, it, that's not a dominant player. That's a, that's a very, very, very good player. But it's not a great player. It's not a phenomenal player. It's not an all-star uh, and that's the level that DeAndre Ayton has to reach. Right. And, and we talked about this all last year leading up to these very conversations about what kind of extension DA deserved. And I think we were all in semi-agreement that in a vacuum, DeAndre Ayton, you look at his production, his skill set, what he brings to the table, that alone is not worth a max, but in a but you don't give out max contracts in a vacuum. It's all based on the marketplace. So like when Michael Porter Jr. got his, yeah, that was when the Suns, yeah. yeah, we needed to pay up at that point and they didn't, you risk this friction, it all comes to a head and now we're in this shitty situation that we're in now. And, and I do think, you know, we'll talk later in the week because we're going to be doing a board game breakdown on, you know, the areas where DA can tangibly improve with the ball in his hands. But the Suns do, a lot of what they do is predicated on not just Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but the gravity that DA has. And it's how def defenses take care of that. Like you don't want to let a guy like that roll down the lane unchecked. And that opens up a lot for the rest of the offense. So a lot of the times it's not that they're not looking for him or that they're, you know, not getting him enough touches or whatever. It's that defenses are rightfully taking away the easiest bucket on the floor and it opens things up for the Suns. And I feel like that's what, when we have this conversation about they need to get DA more involved or they need to feed him more. It's interesting because it's like, okay, where's that going to come from? Because when he catches the ball at the top of the key and his defenders, you know, three feet off of him, that's where you can close the gap. If you have a reliable dribble or a spin move or something like that to attack the rim. 
And those are the opportunities that DA will have if he develops that aspect of his game. So in a nutshell, MPJ fucked everything up, not U of A. <laughs> well, they can, they, they can go hand in hand. <laughs> All right, I know I opened the door for this DA talk, but when we tweeted out, we said we were going to take a break from we the did. DA talk and when talk about didn't. other ways that the Suns can get better. So let's move on to that. But first, uh, just a reminder, we will keep you updated when those DA odds hit the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But if you haven't yet, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code PHNX when you sign up. <laughs> Because after you use that code, you can make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, which could end this week, and you're going to get $150 in free bets instantly. So take advantage of this offer. That's promo code PHNX, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay. We've talked a lot about DA. (laughs) <laughs> on accident and on purpose. But today... Yes. It's we're just gonna, a fun topic, you know? It's just a fun topic. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about how the Suns can use their mid-level exception to get better this offseason. And before we get into specific targets, Gerald, can you kind of give us an overview of the money side of this and what we're looking at here as far as that goes? Yeah, so the first thing is that I think we realized during the course of this season and the playoffs especially that maybe the Suns cannot rely on campaign in a playoff series. And that's kind of the biggest impetus behind this whole conversation is how can the Suns get better? They need another reliable shot creator, another distributor, another ball handler, because campaign wasn't it. He kind of regressed to the mean in a big way. And now you're left in this space where you're wondering, okay, is he the guy from the year before who had this breakout season and was a hero in the Western conference finals when Chris Paul sat out? Or is he the guy that completely disappeared, averaged like four points a game on 29% shooting in the playoffs? I think it's probably somewhere in between, but it's closer to the guy we saw this season. And to that end, the Suns are either going to have to trade for a player that's a campaign upgrade, or they're going to have to use their mid-level exception because they're already over the salary cap without even factoring in DA's contract. If he sticks around on an extension, they're automatically in the luxury tax. So in terms of what they can offer with the mid-level exception, if they are a luxury tax paying team, the first year of salary on the MLE would be worth $6.3 million. If they're a non-tax paying team, which it seems very unlikely that they will be that, they could offer, I think, $10.3 million for the first year. So in total, a non-tax paying team can offer up to four years and about $44 million using the full MLE and a tax-paying team can go three years and about $20 million. Um, it's kind of rare that teams use the full MLE, but just to give you a baseline idea of the players that you're looking for, most likely the Suns will be looking for a backup point guard in like the $6 million range, which makes it difficult because obviously you're not going to get a Kyrie or a Jalen Brunson with that type of money. You might not even get some of the guys that I wrote about for today. You can get Andrew Shamit, though. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you can't because he's on a $10 million, $9 million contract. So you can't even do that. So (laughs) this is is under the premise that the market kind of dries up for a given player and they want to take a slight discount, maybe take on more years, a two- or three-year deal to play with a title contender. And that's what you're hoping – that the allure of Monty Williams, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, James Jones, all these guys play into the recruiting side of this um, because their means are very limited otherwise. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the background for this. 
All right. Well, let's dive into potential targets that the Suns could try to go after here in free agency. First up on the list, Ricky Rubio. We know Ricky. We owe Ricky a lot. Some of us love him and some of us, a.k.a. Saul, not so much. How do you guys feel about potentially bringing Ricky Rubio back into the fold? I think the glamour of Ricky Rubio is, listen, he came he came to a team that won 19 games and, and, and had zero point guard help, and he made them better. I will give him credit for that. I really do. Like, He's a he's a he's a smart point guard. Um, he's sneaky defensively, like cool. But I think Ricky Rubio's time in the NBA is coming to an end here soon because he's just he's getting a little bit up there in age. He's getting a little slower. Those hips have always been stiff, and they're just getting stiffer. Like I just uh, I as a backup maybe, but then you're sacrificing. Uh, the offensive side of things to a degree. And I, I just don't know if it's really worth it. All right. So for me, there are obvious concerns like a, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him for the mid-level because, you know, obviously he's coming off that ACL tear, which is the second ACL tear in that same knee. That's concerning. He is 32. So he's getting up there. He's not old yet, but he's getting up there. But in terms of guys that you would be able to trust familiarity with the system and with the players, too, because he played really well next to Devin Booker. He had one of the best seasons of his career scoring-wise and his best three-point shooting season here in the Valley when he was here. He's got that familiarity with DA, and they had they built that chemistry during their time on the floor together. And if you need a guy who can both come off the bench and run your second unit and then also fill in spot starts for Chris Paul, I'm not sure how much better you're going to be able to do on the open market with the MLE at least than Ricky Rubio. Like he's, he's not a good three point shooter, obviously, but he is a good ball handler, distributor, defender. He's a veteran. He's a guy that's been in playoff series and he just had a really good season for the Cleveland Cavaliers before he got hurt. The only reason he got traded was because he got hurt. Um, and he was putting up similar numbers to what he did in Phoenix there in Cleveland. So he has plenty of experience both with the Suns and the Cavs in terms of filling that backup mentor role. Um, and that would be pretty nice if you could have that coming off the bench. With with, with Ricky, it's also, you know, and, and a lot of these guys that that you're hoping to get a a, a bargain on, right? Right. Is that there there's going to be some inherent risk mm -hmm. and you might find yourself in the same damn position you were just in with campaign. There, there's a reality to that. That could happen. You know, Ricky Rubio could come here and just not be the same player anymore after another ACL surgery, and and his intelligence could only take him so far. Um, but I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of people that are very, very high on Ricky Rubio as if he's the savior, and he's not. Um, so I'm I'm opposed to that just because of that. I'm like, it's again, Michael Jordan walking through that door. Let's pump the brakes on some of these guys, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big, he does have beautiful eyes though. I don't know if you've ever seen him up close. <laughs> oh yeah. He has some of the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen in my no, life. No, you know what he has? Is the best eyelashes. Mm -hmm. I mean, both. It's like, the eyelashes uh, that the, put the it color, over the top. The, the, the brown in his eyes, I was just like, 
Swoon. <laughs> Between the eyes and the hair, he's just no, like... he's just he's got the whole package, man. He's a beautiful man. I mean, let's get, let's be real. Yes, I, just because he looks like basketball Jesus doesn't mean pretty he Ricky. Baby. Be the Yo, same we could have the point what? God and basketball Jesus on the oh same team. Oh my gosh! Oh, put the shirt. Let's go. <laughs> Never mind. I'm on board. Bring Ricky in. Let's go. We changed his mind, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. <laughs> I think for me the biggest the biggest like red flag here or just concern is the injury because we're talking about potentially also him not being able to play for the first handful of months of the season. Mm-hmm. Does that put us in a bad spot? Are we kind of still up a creek without a paddle? Then he has to have the time to kind of get back in to play playing shape and seeing the fit and the chemistry and all that stuff. So that's my biggest concern with Ricky, but outside of that, I would love to have Ricky back in a in a Suns jersey. And that that is a fair concern because I think he tore his ACL in December, so he probably wouldn't be back until around December or you know, maybe a month early, maybe a month later, who knows. That's probably why you might be able to get him on the mid-level because in terms of on-court production, he outplayed that kind of contract, especially if the Suns are a tax-paying team. Um but you, you, that's kind of the beauty of it because campaign is under contract for next season. You would still have him for the regular season. The key here is having a healthy Ricky Rubio for the playoffs when you're not 100% sure that you can turn to campaign and that you know Rubio would be an upgrade in, in some of the areas that you need to be able to rely on a guy in a playoff series. But at that same token, I mean, campaign could very well come in this next season and ball his ass off and good then you don't need ricky rubio you know what i mean it's like you definitely i feel like you definitely want somebody there day one and so that would be my hesitation on ricky mm-hmm. rubio for sure mm-hmm. all right next up on the list tyus jones now this one is really intriguing for many reasons obviously the fact that he's 26 i think is the biggest um green flag here if you will he's got room yeah. to grow to get better obviously learning from somebody like chris paul would be phenomenal for him but the hard part is he's coming off of a really really good season and he'll probably have a lot of options presented to him would this amount of money that the suns could offer be enough to convince him to come over here not sure i love tyus jones Mm-hmm. I, I love Tyus Jones. And I think Tyus Jones and, and Jalen Brunson probably did the most, um, in, in, especially in the playoffs, in order to make some more money uh, than anybody else in the league. I, I think those two guys specifically just made themselves a lot of money. Tyus Jones, the thing with Tyus is when you even in that Warrior series, um, specifically I think it was game four where they, the first game without John Morant and everybody thought they had no chance. There's no way they're going to go into Golden State and win this game. And they damn near did. And Tyus Jones was a large reason why. Uh, And he just did not give a fuck. And I love that about him. Um, And that's what I feel like. That's why campaign at his in his A game, he just doesn't give a shit. And that's what I love about him. Tyus Jones gives me a lot of that, that little, that machismo. You need, you need a little arrogance. You need a little, you know, hey, I'm going to pump my guys up because we're here to ball kind of guy. And that's what I love about him. And offensively, he's, he's, He's a, he's a really good option as a backup point guard, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he kind of checks all the boxes as far as what Monty talked about a lot last year in terms of what he wanted from campaign. Just be solid. Like, Tyus Jones is a solid player. Um, the problem with him, obviously, is that he might have outplayed 
he's kind of one of those guys who's too good to be a backup, but might not be good enough to be a full-time starter. Yeah. And if there is a team out there with cap space that needs a starter, like say the wizards or the Knicks, you know, all they have to offer is their MLE as well. But I think both of those teams are non-tax paying. So they could offer about 4 million more as a starting salary there. So there's a chance that another team will outbid the Suns and the Grizzlies can go over the cap to keep him. They can offer him more money. So that's a problem there. If they want to keep him, they can. They have the means to do so. Um, so that's a tough one. You know, he is 26 years old. Some team is going to be willing to invest in his upside. So he might just be too good for the Suns to afford on a $6.3 million salary. But if they tack on extra years, if the market dries up, you never know what happens in free agency. Maybe the Grizzlies make a big trade or something. You can never plan for it. So he's a guy that we should at least have on our radar because he did shoot 39% from three this year, which was a career best. He's got a really good floater game. Um, and again, he's just a guy that on both ends of the floor is going to be solid, even though he's a little bit undersized. He gives me Fred Van Vliet vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like Fred Van Vliet light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly though, if the option for him to return and continue to play with the Grizzlies is there, I'd be shocked if he didn't take that. Because what the Grizzlies are doing has very similar to what the Suns kind of had last year, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. if you were a part of that resurgence of a franchise, you want to stick with it because it's it's the story, it's the camaraderie and and your guys, you know what I mean? So it would be great if this was a potential option for the Suns, but I wouldn't put too much stock in this one as far as getting your hopes up too high. Mm -hmm. All right, next up on the list, Patty Mills. So he is currently uh, he currently has a six point two million dollar player option with the Nets, and Gerald, you noted the Suns could offer him just slightly more <laughs> at six point three million. I mean, it, he would bring a lot of sco- scoring and shooting that we definitely need, but is that is that even enough to convince him to even consider it? I, I don't know, because if he opts out, he can re-sign with the Nets for more, which is something I included in the article. So technically, the Nets can still offer him more. This would be a situation where the last year in Brooklyn has just been unpleasant, because you look at all the turbulence, the fact that they were swept in the first round, Kyrie's future is uncertain, Ben Simmons, we don't know when the hell he's going to play again, like if Patty Mills looks around and is like, I can't compete for a title here. I'd rather go somewhere else. Phoenix is an option for him. And it would be, they would, you know, 6.3 million would probably be around market value for him. He's not a guy who would address a lot of the Suns, you know, secondary playmaking concerns. He's not kind of that facilitator guard, but he is a guy that can shoot a lot, high volume, really efficient. He shot 40% this year. I think he's like a 39% career three-point shooter. He's got championship experience, really good catch-and-shoot guy. And we've talked about this. The Suns need to get up more threes. So a guy like that doesn't really give you a lot of shot creation himself, but he does spread the floor and he does give you three-pointers, which is something this team could use more of. Patty Mills thrives in consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He showed you that in San Antonio. He showed you that when it was just Kevin Durant out there and no uh, Kyrie Irving through stretches this season because um, he knew what his role was and and he played it uh, at a high level. But then you start throwing in the variables and everything just kind of got out of whack. So you can't really hold that against him this season. But he is also, I was he, 33, 34, I think? 
I think um, he's 32. 32. So he, he's he's also getting a little bit get up there. So you're you're again, it's a it's a guessing game. Is this is this the beginning of a trend of of down downward play, or was it just the inconsistency? And I would probably wager just because of his effort, his enthusiasm for the game, he has he has a lot of energy out there on the court. He's always been a nuisance. We know that watching him play um, wouldn't be a bad uh, player to have. Also, like I can very easily see a situation where Devin Booker and Patty Mills are on the court at the same time, and you have a consistent outside threat uh, in, in him. So that he's a better three point shooter than Chris Paul. Like I mm-hmm. like that. So um, you know, I, I I don't hate the Patty Mills. I'm not exactly on board with it because I I do tend to veer towards the youth. But um, definitely not a bad option. I did look it up. He is 33 years old, so he's he's definitely on yeah, the older side. Right. But yeah, on the older side, 33. Sports always makes us all feel so old. All right. I don't know. I don't know who you're talking to. I, Everyone I on the internet who always feel, tweets about it. I feel young as hell right now. <laughs> is that because you're drinking Four Peaks, Bruce? Uh, is that yes, why? It absolutely Keeps is. Your it your youth. Drinking this Suns brew right now. Nice. There you go. Uh, if you guys have not grabbed a beer and buckled in yet, you should do so because we got four more guys to talk about. We highly recommend grabbing a Ford Peaks beer. Uh, the peach one smells really delightful, as Saul mentioned. The Suns brew. Gerald, what have you been drinking recently? Uh, the Suns brew is my all-time favorite, but I do have a fridge full of peach ale right now. So I've been drinking those, slowly going through those during the week. Weekend comes, it might be a little more empty, but we'll see. <laughs> and then, of course, days, baby. the Kilt Lifter, too. Kilt Lifter, lift. oh, geez. So I feel like if you haven't tried it yet, that's definitely one to at least put on your list uh, for you guys to try. But just a reminder, that's 21 and older only. Enjoy it responsibly. All right, next up on our list, Gary Payton II. What you guys think mm, about Gary? I love me some Gary. So, <laughs> so this is uh, this one's kind of interesting because he's not really technically a backup point guard. He's more of an off guard kind of guy, uh, not a facilitator. I think he averaged less than one assist in like 17 minutes a game this season. But he is that defensive irritant that that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that the Suns don't really have on the perimeter. Um, he's a, a hustle play guy, a guy that gets a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of steals, deflections, that type of thing. Um, and he's actually not a terrible three-point shooter. He started off shooting the year a lot hotter than he wound up, but he's still serviceable in that regard. And if you can get a guy like that, if you can address that backup point guard spot with a potential trade elsewhere, then use that MLE on Gary Payton the second, like that's, that's a pretty good off season. And, and, you know, maybe the Warriors are willing to duck super far into the luxury tax because they've got another expensive summer coming up. If they win a title, maybe they'll be more willing to do that. But Gary Payton might be a guy that slightly outplays what they're willing to offer him, how far they're willing to dive into the luxury tax. So he's a guy that you look at if you have that available and maybe you throw him an offer. Yeah, GP2, I don't know if that comment was serious or not, but GP2 is definitely not a four. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't like him at the backup point guard position at all. I, right. I just, he's just not that guy for me. I, mm-hmm. I do love the addition of him though. Uh, and so I will say that. I think him being on this team, um, again, you need those guys. One of the things that, that you could see is very evident with this Suns team, especially guys like, um, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Devin Booker, 
uh, even DeAndre Aiden, if he stays in the fold, is they they thrive on energy guys. Mm -hmm. Like they just do. Like it feeds them. And you need more of those guys in the fold. I, I think it's nice when you have Chris Paul who could say, you know, you know, reserved and be cooler than the other side of the pillow. But you need dudes that will hype you up. We saw that with JaVel when he came into the fold. You see how these guys feed off of each other. And so Gary Payton is one of those dogs. Like he is an absolute dog. He had to come up through the G League. He went to Oregon State for Christ's sake. Like <laughs> nobody goes to Oregon State and makes it to the NBA unless they're an absolute dog. Mm -hmm. and, and so him and his father, the only two that really count. And so I, I like Gary Payton uh, Jr. I think, uh, or do they call him the second or do they call him Jr.? I, I think they call him the second. I think they call him GP2. So but yeah, it's, it's it is what it is. Anyway, I love, I love him. I, I think uh, him being a, a Phoenix Sun would be, that would be a very good asset for this franchise for sure. So I'm always going to be on board with him. All right, next up, this name has been asked about in the comments multiple times so far. Don't worry, guys. We did not leave him off the list. Dennis Schroeder. The question is, would he be willing to take a lesser role to come with the Suns? And then on the flip side, he probably would in order to play with his guy, Chris Paul. He did have his best season back in the 1920 season over at OKC, backing up Chris Paul. Would he want to do that again? I, Gerald just took a big, deep breath, and I'm gonna. So I, I think I'm gonna. I, I feel like I echo his sentiments, but I'll let you go, Gerald. You so, make the chat real mad. Well, okay, I, I do have thoughts about Dennis Schroeder, and that's the first reason I sighed. And then the second reason I sighed was <laughs> ba Baxter Holmes just tweeted this out, and I saw it on my phone. Uh, news: A longtime Phoenix Suns employee resigned from the team last month, alleging she became the target of bullying and retaliation by superiors after raising gender equity concerns and misconduct within the organization documents obtained by ESPN show. So that will be something we'll definitely need to talk about tomorrow once we get a chance to read the story, but obviously just from the headline and the teaser alone, uh, not, not great. <laughs> so not great. Well, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't want, news as yeah, as it happens. Here we go. <laughs> I don't want to say anything more without reading the story first. Yeah. But um, yeah, for Dennis Schroeder, there's two ways you can look at this. You can look at this as he was the guy that wore out his welcome in LA, wore out his welcome in Boston, is now playing for a Rockets team that is expected to do basically nothing next year, and he can be one of the main options on that team. Uh, or you can look at it as he played really well in his last season under Chris Paul as the backup for the Thunder. He averaged, I think, almost 19 points a game, shot pretty efficiently, um, and Chris Paul has sung his praises every time Dennis Schroeder has come up when he's been asked about him. So if you're looking for a guy who can create his own offense, it doesn't get a lot better on this list than Dennis Schroeder. A lot of the guys we've talked about have been solid backup floor generals. They've been guys that you know, can share the floor with Chris Paul or Devin Booker. He's a guy that if you need a guy to go out and get himself a bucket, he can do that. Now, he does leave a lot to be desired on the defensive end because of that shoot first mentality that he has. Um, but if you can channel that properly and if you can get him for the mid-level, I think he played last season on the mid-level, that's not a bad backup option. Like that would be somebody that you could probably trust a little bit more in a playoff series if you need offense than what we saw from campaign. But I understand people's 
opinions of him are slit because split because he is a kind of not a controversial player, but a guy that people have strong opinions about. I just do not want any part of Dennis Schroeder on the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> I don't. I just yeah. don't. I I don't. I don't feel like he's anywhere near consistent enough. Obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't know that about himself because otherwise, why would you risk all that money that he threw away because he believed in himself and mm-hmm. that gamble failed. Yeah. So um, I've just. I've usually when guys are in like a contract year, they play out of their minds because they know my money's on the line. Right. And this guy went the opposite way. And when I see those kind of things, I feel like you kind of regress to the mean and you just are who you are. I think Dennis Schroeder is an average point guard. I don't think he's anything more than that. And I don't think he's what the Suns need, point blank. That's fair. And the last, to be fair, the last time he had a really good season with the Thunder, that was two years ago now. So it hasn't been – he wasn't great in L.A., wasn't great in Houston, wasn't great in Boston. Um, and now look at where the Celtics are after getting rid of him. So it's not exactly a ringing endorsement for him. You would be hoping that reuniting with Chris Paul, playing under Monty, would allow him to kind of rehabilitate what he's able to do in more of a six-man role again. Um, but again, I don't feel great about this particular option. All right, moving on. Um, Gerald, to be completely honest with you, I feel like I'm going to screw up this name. Is it Delon? Delon. Delon White. Delon. Delon Wright. I was wrong yeah. on all of them. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Delon Wright. So, Gerald, in the article that you wrote over at gophnx.com, you said, "quote The question is whether being a solid, understated backup with a penchant for racking up steals would be enough of an upgrade to earn the lion's share of minutes over Payne." How do you how would you answer your own question? <laughs> it's tough because I don't know that he's a distinguishable upgrade over campaign. Um, maybe in a playoff series, if you're assuming that pain just reverts to what we saw in the playoffs this year. But I don't even know if you can do that because he was just so bad. Like you can only go up from there, honestly. Um, Delon Wright is kind of like Tyus Jones was a couple of years ago. He was a guy that you know, people projected, oh, he could probably be a starting point guard, too good to be a backup, maybe not good enough to be a starter. And the last year or so hasn't really done much to prove that he's worthy of that same shot that Tyus Jones is probably going to get. He's a guy that would definitely be available on that mid-level exception, I think, especially because the Hawks have a ton going on with their offseason. Their cap sheet is overloaded right now. So I don't think they're going to pay to keep him more than that, at least. Um, you look at his raw numbers they are not great. I think he averaged 4.4 points, 2.4 assists in 19 minutes a game. But when he has gotten, you know, sizable minutes over the last couple of years, he has been a double digit scorer. He has shot 37 and a half percent from three over the last two years. Um, but again, he's already 30 years old, which a lot of people don't realize about DeLon Wright. He's older than most people recognize. So I'm not sure that this is worth the investment unless you are really worried about what campaign brings to the table. I like the length. I, mm-hmm. I like the versatility. He could, he, you know, he can match up on several different guys on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's an average point guard in terms of playmaking. He's just, mm-hmm. he's average. Um, I would even wager to say that he's not a, a very good point guard in terms of getting others involved at a high level, mm-hmm. um, like a Ricky Rubio or, or somebody like that. But um, if you bring him in, you're bringing him in knowing that defensively he's going to he's going to hold his own, mm-hmm. and he will be a serviceable shooter. 
that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's just not much about DeLon Wright that's that's really going to make you, you know, jump out of your seat or get you excited or, or, or the plays that he's going to make. Or he's just he's just an average kind of player. You know, he's he's easily forgot uh, forgettable. So um, I, I think if you brought him in, it's an upgrade over Alfred Payton. It might be an upgrade over Campaign, but you're that's just completely assuming that Campaign stays the terrible player that he was the last several months of the season. And I just, I, I just, I, I don't know. Campaign is just an enigma right now. And I don't, I don't know how to, to think about him at the moment. So don't yeah, right. I, it's okay. With, with right. You're kind of hedging your bets on campaign. You're, you're saying we're going to trust in campaign to get started, but if he shows us what he showed us all of last year, we have this other alternative that we might need to turn to. I, I, I feel like you got a DeLon Wright to a degree in the in Landry Shamit and what and yeah. how he and he and how he played, especially defensively this season. Like mm-hmm. I feel like those two are almost mirror images of each other. So if you think Landry Shamit, think Delon Wright. Do you want another one of those? And I'm not saying that in a negative way because if, if Delon Wright is shooting 37 to 40 percent from three point range, then good. Like that's that's a that's a good uh, you know uh, you know acquisition, but. Is that what you need? Is that what you're looking for? And I don't know if you're really looking for that specifically. Is it enough, too? Yeah, Mm -hmm. is it enough? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and he did play well for the Hawks in the playoffs. Someone in the comments brought that up as well. He was very solid for them, which, again, would have been an improvement over what they got out of campaign. But the question, as always, with this is, is campaign going to be that guy again? Or do they need, you know, do they need him to somehow revert to this version of himself that he's never going to be again? I don't know. And, and DeLon Wright, again, going back to the whole energy thing, DeLon Wright is the opposite of energy. If you've ever watched <laughs> him play, he's very just like, right. <laughs> no emotion. Like he just plays and that's it. That's because that's how, that's how they, they build those guys over in Utah. They have like no emotion, just play the game and go home. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to round out the list here with the, the I bet only... you didn't think Utah was going to catch some strays today, did you? They always got to catch some strays. <laughs> always. <laughs> if, if there were odds on that, I felt like they would be pretty high that it would be Utah <laughs> catching strays, to be honest. <laughs> All right, Goran Dragic, what do you guys think about bringing back Goran? I mean, he is a little bit older. He's 36. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's 37, but he could still be pretty effective. Yeah, and he did show that in the playoffs. And I think there were there was a lot of pushback when I brought his name up as a potential trade target at last year's trade deadline because of the way at, he lost. Just at me, and, bro. Just at me. No, it wasn't even me. it wasn't even you. <laughs> but like people were like, Oh, I can't stand the way that he left Phoenix and I'll never forget what he did in 2015. Okay, like, but did we learn nothing it. from yesterday's interview that you don't know what was going on behind the scenes? You don't know what people in the organization were saying or how they were treating these players like give them the benefit of the doubt most of the time players aren't disgruntled for no reason and and Dragic was right to be disgruntled like they were a team that was I think sub 500 or barely above 500 at the time he was coming off an all NBA season and they stuck him in the corner as a small forward like that team was going nowhere that organization deserves zero benefit of the doubt and he was right to want to move on like he wound up competing for a finals in Miami so I, I don't get the the resentment over Dragic and how that whole thing ended. But what better way to mend those bridges than helping lead this team to its first ever championship and a happy reunion story? 
I'm just saying. But like, look, I, I know I'm biased. Ending. I know I'm biased because Dragic was actually the second NBA player that I ever interviewed. And he gave me a full 20 minute sit down with some kid that was just in college and didn't know what the hell he was doing. But like he did show in the playoffs on the court, he still has something to offer. Um, I think he averaged 10 and a half points for the Nets in that first round series, shot 56%. And he was one of their primary offensive creators against the Celtics defense that was clamping the nets down that whole series. So he can still be that guy. I, I don't know if he can make it through a full season healthy. I don't know. You know, it's, it's risky to have a 37 year old point guard backed up by a 36 year old, but he's good. He can shoot. He can create his own <clears throat> shot and he can create for others. This season of Suns Basketball brought to you by so-and-so nursing home. Don't like do it. Oh I just, my don't do God. it, guys. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want do to see the geriatric squad out there oh, game after no. game. Otherwise, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I'll go out there and play. Fuck it. I'm old. Shit, is that, is that the requirement here? Like, Drogic oh, is good. He's good, okay? He's serviceable. I just, again, like, I always think, why not get somebody – that you feel like you can maybe build a future around as well, or, or at least develop them along with your program. Because I feel like you need more than just a year here. Um, you know, with Monty, I feel like you just, hell, if, if Holiday couldn't get any run after four months of being in this organization, despite the fact that every point guard on the roster was absolutely shitting the bed, what makes me think he's going to trust Drogic to come in here and just all of a sudden, Take the reins at the back of point guard position and be good with it. Like, I well, just don't see that. Well, Dragic is a more proven commodity than Aaron Holiday is, though. Aaron Holiday has only been in the league for a couple of years. He joined at the trade deadline. But not and in Monty's system. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not a difficult system to grasp, especially if you need another ball handler or playmaker. Are you like, saying Aaron Holiday is dumb? I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying he came It's not a season. difficult system to grasp on the I, Aaron Holiday. I... I'm saying he came mid-season, and it's harder to learn mid-season in a third-string point guard role than it is if you join in the off-season, get a full training camp, and have been in the league for, what, 16 years, whatever it's been. It's a lot easier in that in that role. But I do think, like, to your point about wanting a younger guy who they can kind of groom, I get that impulse, and that would be the ideal goal. I don't think if you look at this class of free agent point guards, you're going to find that guy. Like Tyus yeah, Jones is probably the closest either. thing, but you, you're not going to be able to afford him most likely with a mid-level. So you're either going to have to trade for that guy or just get a guy who makes you better for the next year and try and find that solution down the road. And I know we're talking about the MLE. I get that. But I do feel like if you really want to adequately you know, shore up that backup point guard position, and really that position is not only the backup point guard position, but – could ultimately end up being a point guard down the road. And I think that's that's also what you're kind of looking at. That's why a guy like Tyus Jones kind of appeals to me a little bit more is that I feel like I feel like you want you want that potential of a of a stopgap in between Chris Paul and whatever comes next. And I feel right. like this guy is gonna have to fit that in, in my opinion. Why not? Um so kill two birds, if you will, um is kind of the way I'm looking at it. That's why I would pass on Jodic. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I think if Tyus Jones is available for the MLE, that'd be one of the biggest steals of the offseason for the Suns if they could find a way to swing that. I just don't know how likely it is, unfortunately. And what I meant to say at the beginning of what I was saying was I don't think they're going to find that guy with the MLE. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to end up being, I think it's going to be by trade or, or just a, a free agent contract. Fair. All right. If you guys want to dive deeper into that, head on over to gophnx.com and read the article that Gerald posted over there. It's got a lot more detail and in-depth. Um, so check that out again, gophnx.com. So earlier in the show, I gave everyone permission to have a beer at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Now I'm giving you permission to also throw in a scratch-made THC gummy oh, from geez. our friends at OGs. Oh, it's Tuesday. It's not the best day of the week. I mean, Taco Tuesday makes it really is like the saving grace. But Tuesdays aren't aren't exactly like, yay, it's Tuesday. <laughs> so whatever you need to do to make your Tuesday more fun, we recommend Four Peaks Beer or OG scratch-made THC gummies. This is your permission slip to indulge. If you want to try all of the amazingly delicious flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, head on over to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. Uh, Chris in the chat said, Lindsay wants you to chill. This is true. And so says Jay says, fantastic. I'm glad that you guys are all on board. (laughs) Also, uh, Gerald, to your point about Tyus Jones and him not wanting to leave Memphis, one Mm. of the appealing factors about coming to Phoenix is, hey, you won't have to play behind the point guard forever. Yeah, because John Morant's not Because you ain't taking John's spot. That's for damn sure. That is that that would definitely have to be part of the recruiting pitch for sure. And they have DeAnthony Melton over there, too. So it's not like minutes are going to be available there forever. They might be here. Who knows? Everyone in the chat earlier when we were talking about Memphis was like, can we get Melt back? Like, that was such a shame (laughs) having to lose Melt. Like, he'd be our guy. I love DeAnthony Melton. He was a really, really nice dude. Miss him. All right. We're going to round out the show with a little... Train Machine Tuesday. I gotta stop doing <laughs> Is that this. The song? <laughs> yes. Oh hell yeah, Lindsay. Y'all, like oh. the minute that I started, Emma, I was like, I immediately regret that. this. Cut that. <laughs> We're gonna jingle that shit up. Yep. Let's, Let's go. Not. Hell God. Yeah. Maybe I need to cut Tuesday. back on the OGs and the four peaks. It's just, it's just like I'm out here just doing really ridiculous yeah. things. Hell yeah. Yep. I All right. Let's see what's on the docket for Train Machine Tuesday. What do we got in store? What do we have here? Cam Johnson Ooh. and the Kings. Well, oh. all right. So I'll be 100% honest. I don't feel great about this trade that I. Oh, came but up you with. should, Gerald. But <laughs> no, you should. All feels good enough for all of us, Gerald. Yes. Don't worry. Hey, so I, I'm the guy that you brought in on the MLE that brings the energy. Let's go. Yes. Saul is JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. All right. So <laughs> my thing with this trade is. We're so sick and tired of talking DeAndre Ayton sign-in trades that we decided to come up with a trade that doesn't involve DA in the slightest. And in this scenario, we're assuming DA is back. So here's what I just spitballed with some time that I had this morning. If you look at this trade, we've got Harrison Barnes and Justin Holiday coming to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for, I think it's Cam Johnson, uh, Dario Saric, and Landry Shamit. Now... (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a lot of ways to look at this particular trade. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just going to let you give us your base thoughts because you're excited. I'm, I can't. Saul's chomping I, at the bit. Yes, he is. <laughs> Listen, if you want to win a championship this year, this mm-hmm. year, with DA in the fold, this mm-hmm. is the way to do it. This mm-hmm. is the way to do it. I, I just, I, I like Harrison Barnes. He's a more athletic guy than Dario Saric. 
I love he has a championship pedigree. I love Harrison Barnes. I think he'd be great off the ball away from D.A. I think it would be fantastic. He can match up in, in multiple positions. I love it. And then you bring in a guy that everybody was hoping we would get in a trade anyway with the Jalen Smith trade and Justin Holiday. And, and he's flexible. He can shoot. He's He brings all the intangibles that you want from an off-guard position. Like, it's win-win right there. Like, you can't go wrong. Landry Shamit is gone, too? Oh, my God. That oh, just made on. it even better. Oh, like, come on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, when I saw this, I was like, Man, this is no... This is a no-brainer. No-brainer. All right. So here's the thinking. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thinking on this one. Landry Shamit is mostly to – and Sharich are to match contracts, to match salary because you got to get to a certain amount. And Cam Johnson, as much as he's the centerpiece of this deal, his contract's only like $6 million. So you need to throw other names in there. They'd be getting a shooter who's under contract with Shamit for the foreseeable future. And they'd be getting a really good, potentially league best sniper in Cam Johnson, who's still young. He's still 25 or 26, whatever he is. So, And they'd be able to extend him. So that would have a lot of appeal to the Kings, especially when you look at the fact that Barnes and Justin Holiday are on expiring contracts. So as much as the Suns are getting the most talent out of this, the Kings are getting more team control. They're getting more that they can build for their future with. And I don't know if Harrison Barnes has a long-term place in Sacramento anyway, so you might as well deal him for something. I don't know how much better you're going to get in terms of young players than Cam Johnson with a deal like that. The only the thing, Suns, that, the only thing that could have made that deal better, and I and I, I guarantee you the numbers don't work, so I'm just throwing, I'm just pulling this out of my ass because somebody literally just said it in the chat, is if you swapped um, Justin Holiday for Davion Mitchell. That's the only way this deal gets better. Well, I mean, yeah, but the, King, <laughs> the Kings are dumb, but they're not that dumb. <laughs> like, they're not. Well, I, I can debatable, I, Gerald. Debatable. I can, I can, I can't say never, but I don't think that would happen. But anyway, like you would still get Harrison Barnes, who'd be an upgrade at the four. He can play the three or the four. He can plug a lot of holes. He's a good defender. Can create his own shot as he's been doing the last couple of years in Dallas and Sacramento, good shooter, good rebounder. So you're improving in a lot of areas there. Justin Holiday, we've talked all about the three-point shooting needs of this team. He fits that to a T, and he's an underrated defender on the wing, can play multiple positions as well. So you are getting better with this trade. This is a like an all-in on this year kind of deal, especially if you're keeping And that's it. And that's right. it. Only right. for this year. I'm right. not talking about the future. I'm mm -hmm. talking about you absolutely would have molly whopped the Dallas Mavericks had you had these two guys in the fold. Right. The problem is if you don't win this year, then you missed out on a core four. Cam Johnson's gone forever and you're left trying to either re-sign Harrison Barnes and Justin Holiday or figure out how you're going to improve without being able to resign them again that's a question for down the road and it'd be more than worth it if they did win a title this year but you are putting all of your eggs in that basket you're giving up on cam johnson's potential that's why i have but, hesitation. Cam, but cam johnson also has one year left and then now he would be a restricted free agent i know that but yeah and you can but, extend him which they should sure sure but at the same time i will i'll propose this Let's say in your scenario next year, you have these two guys in, it doesn't work out, we don't win the finals, whatever. Um, if you were able to still bring back at a minimum Justin Holiday, how much of a drop-off would that really be from Cam Johnson to Justin Holiday? 
it's a drop off in terms of I, I still think campaign is or Cam Johnson's nowhere near his ceiling. So it, and it's still just in terms of pure shooting prowess, like Cam Johnson is already that dude and he's going to be that dude the more that he develops. Like he was already, what was he, top five and three-point percentage this year. Like he's really, really good. And he's like a what, lot of – What was the percentage after the injury? Do you, do you know that off the top of your head? I don't, but that was only like a one-month sample size, so I'm not going to read plus too much the into it. Yeah. But I, I do – and the playoffs, he wasn't even that bad. It wasn't as good as he was during the regular season. But, like, most teams would kill for a young wing like Cam Johnson, and the Suns have two of them in Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. So I think similar to what we talk about with DA, like, all these teams are interested. He must have something to bring to the table. I feel that same way about Cam. But, yeah, if you could get better and win a title this year, maybe you make that move. I don't know. It's, it's this- tough. This also hangs on DA still being around, correct? Would yeah. you make if, if DA, DA is gone, would you make the same trade? Nope. No, nope. no, nope. No. You're, no. Ma- you're making no that point. move. Yeah. yeah. You're There's making no that point. move to bolster what you already have and keep everything else pretty similar to what you already have. I, I'm I'm telling you right now, if if the Suns don't bring back DA mm-hmm. and they don't trade for a superstar, the championship window has absolutely closed. It, it's absolutely closed. There's just no way. There's no way. They meet with Chris Paul. I agree with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. Because so. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, without DeAndre Aiden, and I know DeAndre Aiden isn't like this massive third contributor, but he does enough of the small things to shore up a lot of the stuff that they don't have to worry about so much, uh, in order to keep the Suns at a at a level that is equivalent to a championship contender. Without mm-hmm. DA. Now you have to shore up that big hole. And people, I don't think people realize how big that hole will be, especially defensively. I know he doesn't block shots like Dikembe fucking Tumbo, but still, like, he's still a very, very, very good defender. And I just, I'm telling you, the Suns are going to be paying if they don't do that. So just to follow up, because Cam Johnson is obviously included in this conversation, do you how much further do you think Cam can can go as far as getting better, or do you think this is close to what we're going to get from Cam? I think he's still got room to grow offensively. I think he obviously needs to get better at attacking the rim more often, like we've talked about, um, creating some more of his own offense. But even if he doesn't do that, he still has a lot of value as a guy that can handle on the perimeter that spaces the floor. Um, You know, we talk a lot about DA's gravity. Cam Johnson has similar gravity on the perimeter. Um, And he's a guy that can shoot over defenders that are jumping at him. Like that's a big thing to have. A lot of guys, you know, they can shoot when they're wide open, but to be able to launch over defenders closing out is another thing entirely. Cam can do that. He has a lot of value and he's a good defender as well. So, uh, I, I feel like it's a tough one, man. Harrison Barnes is really good, though. I, like, he's really good. I think Cam Johnson is pretty close to his max, in my opinion. Like, I feel like uh, the biggest thing Cam Johnson lacks is consistency, in my opinion. Like, I just don't feel like he's consistent enough game in and game out to where you know what you're going to get. Defensively, he's consistent, but he's still in between trying to find his game from the perimeter and to the basket and everything in between. He's still struggles with that from time to time and i i need to see more of him being able to create his own shot 
um, you know, the pull-up jumpers and things like that. We saw glimpses of that actually in the NBA Finals. You know, he was hitting the, that midi. He was pulling up from the baseline mid-range. I was like, oh, there's Cam. That That's the glimpse that I wanted to see. And then it just kind of went away a little bit last year. He put it together in, in spurts, but never consistent enough from beginning to end. That's the biggest jump that he's going to have to take. And he's 26 years old either. It's not like he's some 22, 23-year-old rookie. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's he's – he was an older guy when he came out of college anyway. Um, so I, I think these next couple seasons, you have to determine whether or not he's going to end up being that guy um, or if you can find somebody that can replace him that might take you to another level. That's why I say if DA is back, this trade, I would do it. But if he's not back, you got to keep Cam. I, w- I will say, though, he has only been in the league for a couple years. So as much as he is on the older side, he still does have room for growth in that regard. Um, I don't know. He's, and I, I do think we should point out like when he did start for this team, part of it could be role as well, being a backup with an inconsistent group of guys. Um, and the fact that he got injured a couple of times too, doesn't help. But like when he was a starter, he averaged like 18 points a game, really good shooting percentages. He fit well with that group, whether he can be a full-time four defensively. That's, that's a question, but, um, I do think he has room to grow on the offensive end especially if he does get that promotion to a starter. And we'll bring back that comment. Uh, I think it was David Bailey talking about top five, three point shooter and Saul wants to get rid of him. Yeah. Listen, it's that's, that's such a subjective comment, right? Like it depends on what you're getting back. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not just saying get rid of Cam Johnson. Like hey, get rid of him. I don't want him. No, it depends on what you get back. If you traded him and ended up getting Kevin Durant, would you still be mad that I said we got to get rid of Cam Johnson? No, you wouldn't like, <laughs> come on now. David, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So throughout the show, like I, I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we gave you the permission to slip the hall pass to get the party this week, start early with some four piece and OGs. But I just want to make sure that you guys all know that we genuinely care about your health and wellness as well. And with that, we want to remind everybody that COVID-19 is not gone. It is still running through Phoenix and Arizona and the world as a whole. So just a reminder, COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. And those who are 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. So if you want to find a vaccine location, head on over to azhealth.gov slash find vaccine. Stay safe, stay healthy. Um, but you can still have a little bit of fun while you're doing all those things too. You just, it's moderation, right? Enjoy responsibly, right? Any yes. final thoughts, guys? Oh, I hate Trade Machine Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you hate Trade Machine Tuesday? I, it's fun. Well, because it is fun, but then people take it so seriously, and then it gets contentious, and then I my yeah. mentions are never empty for the rest of the day, and then I have to take a whole weekend off of Twitter. So it's oh. <laughs> I like, we like all, even we all fight about things that we have literally zero control we over. Do. Which is, yeah. I'm like, it's <laughs> one thing to feel a type of way, but don't let it ruin relationships you have, whether they're in real life or social media <laughs> friends, because yeah. none of us have literal control over this. Yeah, like seriously, like I actually I like these because it it makes you think like, OK, mm-hmm. how would this work out or, you know, speculate yeah. and outside of going to play NBA 2K and making these trades. Um, this is this is what we do. And I, I like it. And I, I even that, that comment. Right. Like, I like that. OK, cool. You're, you're challenging me to think, oh, well, why do you think this way? That's fine. Like, I, I like it. So, hey, it's a fun. Harrison, it's a, Harrison Barnes coming into the fold. 
I've been on board with that since day one. You, you have. Like, yeah, I've always been. A, I'm a Harrison Barnes guy, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, hey, we'll see. It's, it's a, we've we've already decided on the nickname. It's Harry B. B. Harry, Harry B. B. Baby. Let's Harry go. B. In the Valley. Yep, that's uh, right. <laughs> Just wait till we yeah. get that Manscaped read back. Mm. Oh, oh God. No, no, no. <laughs> Make sure you shave your Harry B and go oh. to manscaped.com. How are you just going to give out free advertisements? Oh, my goodness. Also, terrible. <laughs> I love how Lindsay's initial qualm was that you're giving out free Yeah, ads. free advertisement. It's not about the crassness of what Saul said. It's about the free advertising here. Oh, no, it's definitely both. It's just a lot easier to call you on the free advertisement than the other one. Like, as I can true. convince you to not do it for the free, but not the other. This is true. You know me (laughs) Being strategic here. Um, So we did have a comment in the chat from Public Squares said, can we spend a few minutes on Baxter Holmes reporting on Sun's culture? We mentioned that when the tweet came out and guys, like, I'm sorry, I've kind of been in and out. My phone has literally not stopped buzzing Mm -hmm. since the tweet hit. I don't think it is appropriate for us to comment on anything right now because the article did drop during the middle of our show. So give us a chance to go read it, collect some thoughts, and then especially we can have a with conversation the gravity, tomorrow. Especially with the gravity of this situation. Like, I don't hey, – listen, uh, we, we've done this a million times before, and we, we definitely want to make sure that we're well-prepared and well-versed on what we're about to speak to because of the gravity of that situation. So I uh, completely agree with you, Lindsay. Yeah, but – um, yeah, sorry, Joe, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say it, it does deserve the adequate amount of time and attention and care for a story of this nature. So we will be talking about it tomorrow for sure. sure. But for now, we want to make sure that we get a chance to read it, go through it and, and uh, discuss. Yeah. All right. So if you want to come back for that, hang out with us tomorrow at 2 PM, same place as always. Um, Until then you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay and you can follow Saul at Saul underscore bookman. Saul, today is your day since Gerald went yesterday to close us out. (laughs) Remember, if you want to win a championship, you got to go with Harrison Barnes. Bye-bye, folks.